there is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image, make it flutter. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. This is David Colosi with another episode of The Napping Wizard Sessions. This time with a show called Wait For It. What is the explanation? Who knows? We've all been there. We're listening to music in the background, like for instance, the X-Files album. The last song, the X-Files theme, remixed by the Dust Brothers, ends, and we keep working waiting for the next song, and maybe too busy to choose the next album. There's a long bit of silence until... The method, as they call it so a germline procedure of singular metascientific complexity had been given to them by the alien colonists as a quid pro quo. The syndicate would help them to create a population of alien hybrids who would hide in plain sight, cloned from human ova and alien biomaterial. So there would be a clone race immune to the effects of the black oil when the return to the planet began. Now, when I say we, I guess I mean all of us from the CD generation. Just like LPs allowed artists the technique of backward masking that the curious listener could discover by playing a record in reverse. Everyone did it. I mean, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Ozzy Osbourne, David Bowie, even Weird Al Yankovic. Some hid tracks in the runout groove like the Beatles did on Sgt. Pepper's with a high-pitched whistle only dogs can hear, and a secret short clip. And then there's the unique case of the 1973 Monty Python record, Matching Tie and Handkerchief, where they used a double groove pressing and created the first three-sided record album. I think all right-thinking people in this country are sick and tired of being told that ordinary decent people are fed up in this country with being sick and tired. Yeah, yeah. I am certainly not. Well, I'm sick and tired of being told that I am. Depending on where you dropped the needle, you weren't sure which recording you were going to get. June the 4th, 1973, was much like any other summer's day in Peterborough, and Ralph Mellish, a file clerk at an insurance company, was on his way to work as usual, when nothing happened. 
So with CDs, like most new technologies, they offered artists various ways to play with the format. Mr. Parslow? I think there's something wrong with Mr. Parslow. Let's have a look. Ah, yes, his head's been ripped off. I'll get you another. There's a long history of hidden tracks or Easter eggs. Hi, dog. Hey, dog. It's me, Wasim. Hi. Uh Is that it? Yes. Are we done? You're done. Uh Can we go home now? Goodbye. (laughs) Please, thank you. I'm done. You're welcome. In the early transition to CDs, artists kept to the same album lengths as LPs to keep from losing radio stations, record companies, and audiences. Even though prog bands like Rush and Yes were pushing those lengths to the edge, they were limited to the 20 minutes or so of an album side. Really don't mind if you sit this one out. So you got double albums, or triple albums, in the case of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. But digital geography is much faster than vinyl. So if you wanted to make ragas or songs like Lou Reed and Metallica's collaboration, Junior Dad, and still include a bunch of other songs, you had plenty of room to do that without having to turn a record over. Remember Jethro Tull's Thick as a Brick? It was one song on two album sides. Hell, even Archibald Cox's single Stack of Lee from 1950 required turning the record over to hear all of it. Well, with CDs, artists found ways to give their fans a little surprise. Yeah, there's gonna be some old differences for y'all open up their head. Motherfuckers gonna be mad, but so the fuck what? Public Enemy buried one in the free gap. That's the space before track one that you can only access by pressing rewind on a CD player before the first track to reveal a track negative one. Korn hit a weird jam after the song Daddy on their 1994 uh, self-titled debut uh, release. Josh Manifold on your Dodge Dart? I got a piece missing somewhere on mine, and I'm not sure what it is. I want to see what you got on yours. <laughs> Throttle, lever, strike, dash, pop rod. The rod must push diaphragm back. Before it can move back, air must be forced out in. This causes diaphragm to move slowly. With throttle lever to move away, spring will force diaphragm out. There will down vent. Dash pot is ready to work again. <laughs> I don't care what the rod that they're talking about. I don't care what that looks like, Jerry. I'm telling you what the dash pot is. A lot of bands like Korn left acres of silence at the end of the last track and then planted a secret song for only the dedicated, distracted, or asleep to find. That that is not made to regulate the fucking choke on back. That's not the unloader. That's so you can get pure fuel in there. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start cranking it over, it starts sucking, and when it starts sucking, this choke here, because you can't just have pure fuel, you won't light, you have to have a little bit of oxygen. If you were in the know, you felt special, like the band did something special for you by putting it there, and you did something special for them by finding it. I said, no, Jerry, the heating is the motherfucking spring. This one thinking about all these hidden tracks, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do a show playing only the hidden tracks? Then I thought, well, no, that would kind of suck because then they wouldn't be hidden anymore. And that's where streaming and digital technology comes in, where you can shuffle or 
cut any tracks in any order you want, even make a compilation. But that just takes all the fun out of it. But I still wanted to do a show about it without making it an extended spoiler alert. I got to thinking that the funnest part about hidden tracks was waiting for them or stumbling on them by surprise. So rather than cut the gaps and jump straight to the track, I thought I would just play the gaps. Do a show where I just intro and then play the silences. Well, that might be cool and a little John Cagey, but as I started working on it, I realized I had a few hidden tracks that aren't all that common, and for that reason, were worth playing. So I decided to do the show by playing the track that the song is hidden in, play through the gap, and then the hidden track. That way, I keep the element of surprise for you, and I still get to laugh at the image of you listening to long silences and earbuds on some faraway metro, or falling asleep while at home, or forgetting while at work, only to be jolted into surprise by the song. If you want to cheat and advance through it, well, that's you ruining the fun and not me. So let's practice our patience, enjoy the gap, and occupy the spaces in between. I went to your house I walked up the stairs I opened your door without ringing the bell I walked down the hall Into your room Where I could smell you And I shouldn't be Without permission, I shouldn't be here. Would you forgive me, love, if I dance in your shower? Would you forgive me, love, if I laid in your bed? Would you forgive me, love, if I stay all afternoon? I took off my clothes, put on your robe, and through your drawers, and I found your cologne. Went down to the den, found your CDs, and I played your Johnny, and I should have stayed. 
You might be home soon. I shouldn't stay long. Would you forgive me, love, if I dance in your shower? Would you forgive me, love, if I laid in your bed? Would you forgive me, love, if I stay all afternoon? I burn your incense. I ran a bell. I noticed a letter that said on your desk. It said, "Hello, love. I love you so, love. Meet me at midnight." And no, it wasn't my writing. I better go soon. It wasn't my writing. So forgive me, love. If I cry in your shower, so forgive me, love, for the salt in your bed. So forgive me, love, if I cry all afternoon. There are tons of examples like that one by Alanis Morissette. It's a creepy, stalky song called "Forgive Me." buried in the last song called You Oughta Know from her 1995 release Jagged Little Pill. So to not belabor the point, because some of them get really long, I'm just going to play a few that stand out. But there's a Wikipedia page called Albums Containing Hidden Tracks that lists many of them in alphabetical order. To keep it interesting, most of the ones I'll play are not included on that list, with the exception of the first one that is maybe one of the most well-known. This is the last song on Nirvana's Nevermind from 1991 titled Something in the Way. Wait it out after it ends and you get something else in the way.
That moany, screaming, hidden Nirvana song got the title Endless Nameless. The next one I'll play is by the Donnas from their 2001 album Turn 21. On the recording I have, the last song is called Nothing to Do, but on some versions I guess that was also a hidden track. But play out Nothing to Do until the end, until the very end.
know the Donnas, you recognize that alternate take of driving through my heart with the RPM sped up. So this wasn't just an American thing. Japanese bands did it too. Here's the hip-hop and rock-influenced band Dragon Ash from their 1999 album Viva La Revolution. The last song is called simply Outro to match their opener, similarly titled Intro.
ただいまなんか疲れちゃったな今日もうんお腹減ったケンジまことねお腹減ったそうだなホットケーキかなんか食べたいな明日はまた上手なんだねありがとうごちそうさま
If you waited that out, you heard the band members waking up and they're hungry. Then they launch into a hidden song called Hot Cake. The next one is by a Minneapolis band called The Cows on an album titled Worn from 1996. And they kind of flip the script. Usually you get the last song and after a long gap, a short non sequitur clip. Well, the cows start out with the short clip and end with the song. The last song on Warn is titled Jikan, which is a Japanese word for time. It's a recorded message that, well, tells us the time. 8.11 p.m. to be exact. Then after a wait and a surprising jolt, an alternative take of a previous song from the same album titled The New Girl Plays.
Now this next one is by one of my favorite bands, Negative Land. And as we should expect, they give the hidden track a lot more meaning. If songs contained content or words that radio stations couldn't play on the air, bands were often made to make special radio edits with the questionable content removed. Negative Land's release U2 created a lot more waves for the band besides just curse words. It's a long story that we'll take a series of podcasts to do justice to, but Island Records, questionably on behalf of U2, sued them over it. Casey Kasem also applied a lot of pressure because they used clips by him that were not meant for the air. When it comes to moving the chains in the field of copyright law in the music industry, you're not going to find a more interesting story than this one. But that's a show I'll do in the future. For us now, what makes this hidden track so worthwhile is that, though the song was held back for a long time, once the legal dust cleared, Negative Land released various versions and edits of the song under one title called These Guys Are From England and Who Gives a Shit? That title is based on something Casey Kasem said about U2 before they were well known that was caught on tape. Because the song and controversy drew so much attention and created such a legacy, DJs wanted to play it, and the band wanted it to be played. But because of some of the words, it still couldn't go out on the radio. So Negative Land played ball and made an edited special edit radio mix. They replaced all the curse words with sounds like car horns and springs and beeps and offered it to radio stations. But they added a hidden track at the end in hopes that some DJs might see the play length and let it run, possibly taking a minute to use the bathroom or whatever. If they let the track run out, listeners got a special treat. All of the forbidden words Negative Land removed make up an edited special special edit at the distant end. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <laughs> 
That's the letter U and the numeral two. The four-man band features Adam Clayton on bass, Larry Warren on drums, Dave Evans, nicknamed The Edge on... This is bull... Nobody cares. These guys are from England, and who gives it? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of wasted names that don't mean diddly... Oh, for sure, for sure. You don't know where you This is... This is...
Okay. 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 I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a enough tempo record every time I do a damn death dedication. It's a last damn time. I want somebody who uses brain to not come out of a damn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo and I gotta talk about a dog dying. I got This is America's Top 30, right here on the radio station you grew up with. Music Radio 138. Oh.
American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. Fuck. Fucking, fucking, fucking. Fuck, 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 fucking, fuck. Bullshit. Shit, 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 shit. That sucks. The next one I'm going to play is a different kind of gem. In an earlier show I did on Clock Tower Radio, that's also available here, about the saxophone player Albert Eiler, I played a whole interview of Eiler with France Culture from 1970. This is from the resonant box set titled The Holy Ghost, referring to an inner circle reference that considered John Coltrane the father, Pharaoh Sanders the son, and Albert Eiler the Holy Ghost. So in this last bit of the interview, the makers of this box set wanted to add something special, as if the layers of this elaborately made nine-disc set with a lot of ephemera didn't contain enough already, they added, after a long silence, a phone conversation of Albert negotiating club dates in Holland. Like all Easter eggs as gifts for fans, they must have discovered this audio during the making of the box. It didn't quite fit anywhere else, but they couldn't leave it out. Okay, yeah. Well, I believe that uh, all music must have the roots, like of Louis Armstrong, must have a rhythmic truth. This is the most important thing because I know some of the people that so-called play avant-garde, they're just making sound, but must still have that rhythm there to really say that it's really part of what's happening because uh, I love rhythm just like Louis Armstrong and Coltrane, you know and whatnot. That's that's the part that I'm saying. This rhythm must be there for you to really feel it. You gotta gotta be get right into that feeling. But if it just sound just just moving like that, it you gotta feel the rhythm to appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you don't if it's no rhythm, man, you know.
Amsterdam. Speak up, please. Okay. Hello, Albert Eiler. Hello. You speak with Paul Carting from Rotterdam, Holland. Huh? You speak with Paul Carting from Rotterdam, Holland. R- Rotterdam, okay. Yeah. Uh, Lee, Lee Bridges was here in Holland. You know him? Yeah. And he asked if I can arrange some uh, club dates. Club dates, yes, yeah. uh-huh. And I can inform you that I get three club dates on November 6th. Would you have to talk loud? I can't hear you too good. Yeah. I arranged three club dates yes. on the November 6th, the 7th, and the 8th. That's Six. for 6th, 7th, and 8th of November in yes. Holland. That's $110 a concert. And then on the 9th of November... Well, uh, what about the week? I thought it was supposed to be for the week. Oh, that's impossible here in Holland, because, you know, there are, there's not so many interest for uh, a club date for one week. So I can only I arrange small club dates for... Uh, c- concerts. There's no club dates. You couldn't. It's possible not to book in uh, Amsterdam. Can you book? No, they, they can't do it because the the interest for jazz is too sh- too too small. Oh, I see. Yeah, so well, how many how many club dates could you have? Would you say now? I can arrange three club dates yes. for three days and one radio broadcast for two hundred dollars. So three club dates for one hundred ten dollars a date and one radio broadcast for two hundred dollars. Well, how can we get there to play them? Uh. I will send you the three tickets from from Copenhagen to Rotterdam by train. Four tickets, four tickets. Oh, four tickets, sorry, yeah. Yes, uh-huh. And, uh... And s- send me the contracts tomorrow here, okay? Uh, tomorrow? Yes, I'll sign them. Send them, we leave here on the uh, Saturday, so send them before Saturday, okay? Okay. Stockholm. To well, uh, look, uh, do you don't have any, uh, uh, no, no, no weak jobs, huh? No, no, that's impossible here. Impossible, we, yeah, I That's impossible. That's, that's also impossible for Dutch musicians. Because oh, they see. pay only for one for one uh, for one quartet, uh, about twenty-five dollars per Dutch quartet. Okay. That, that's impossible. Well, but I see. Well, see if see if you could if you could book some like two for two hundred ten dollars, say maybe five or six nights yeah, in a row, where we could come. See. Yeah. But what do you think about these three concerts and one radio broadcast? Okay. Okay. Is three concerts. Okay? How much? How much for the radio broadcast? Uh, two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. I yeah. see. Is that nice? And two hundred for each club date, huh? How much? And two hundred for for each club. No, no, one hundred ten. Um, uh, Lee said one hundred ten dollars for a club date. That's the price they can't pay. They they can't pay. They can't pay anymore. Okay, well send me the contract then. Okay. Okay, to uh, to a Circle Club. Yes, uh huh. Okay. Okay, bye. That's okay. Bye. Bye. You for what are the costs? Four times one hundred ninety. You for very important. And while you've got that Holy Ghost box set out, you may as well listen to the long Paris 1971 interview with Don and Mokwai Cherry. After it ends, there's another hidden track with Elbert and the band having trouble with a delayed flight. Finally, I'm going to ride the show out with a classic of the genre and the era. This is D-Light with What Is This Music? from Dewdrops in the Garden. It contains not one, not two, but three hidden tracks within the same song. What do you call this? Trippy Transcend, the popular funk on the dub set with a rubber dub soul set. Progressive jazz down, working to the bone house. Flip out three feet, global minus three feet, deep drop break feet, as long as it makes you move your feet.
Daffodil yellow comes into prominence in a fluorescent fashion. It may sound humorous, but it's important and it helps.
You've been listening to Wait For It on the Napping Wizard Sessions. I'm David Colosi. Thanks to Brick, and thank you for listening. Tune in again for something else. Of all the birds, pheasants could make the most of having arms. They'd make great boxers. Little short arms, jabbing. Even just runners. Little right angles pumping to the sides. Keeping their balance. Hell, give them an AK-47, those fuckers will blow hunters back. A pheasant with a nuclear weapon? That'd be pretty good.